I literally slapped myself like, Andrews, you put all this effort in to get here and now you're dreaming out about not being here. Top leaders, meaningful conversation, actionable advice, bulldoze complacency, ignite inspiration, create impact, produced by Southwestern family of companies. This is the Action Catalyst. This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Coaching. Southwestern Coaching has helped over 12,000 people increase their incomes by over 25% on average. As a successful salesperson, you know the importance of increasing your sales, but sometimes you might just need a little extra push and accountability to meet your goals and grow your business. Southwestern Coaching will help you increase your income through one-on-one sales and leadership coaching tailored specifically to your needs. Together, we will elevate sales. Today, we are pleased to welcome to the show a leading sales practitioner, certified sales leadership coach, and a partner at Southwestern Consulting, Andrus Albi, joining us from Estonia. Andrus, welcome. I'm glad to be here. Andrus, you, you manage a truly global team spread between Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, and I think Finland and Switzerland as well. Am I missing any? We have clients we are selling in most European countries. We have at least a client or two, and obviously in some couple hundred. In Europe, I can I can take the morning flight and still sleep in my own bed in the evening. So I have a couple of post- potential prospects in Australia, but I'm like, no, I don't. Like in some point, if you have a team there, you have to go there. And I'm like, that's a long flight. So I might pass that lead on to somebody, somebody there. So I want to start today's conversation off on the topic of focus. How do you create, maintain focus for yourself individually? And then also when leading these international teams? Sure. Well, let me start with a story. I was never diagnosed with the ADHD, but I'm pretty sure in nowadays I would have been. Like I was the kid, my mom used to say, like, Andrews, if you wouldn't be attached to yourself, you would lose yourself. Like literally you would come home without your own body because you would lose yourself somewhere. And I never, like I was the kid who I had a pretty, I was pretty bright and I was able to talk my way out of everything. So, which means in middle school, high school, I never really paid attention that much. And then I went to sell books. And if I'm really honest, I didn't pay attention at selling books as well my first year. I actually, the only year that I wasn't the top producer in the top 100 uh, was my first year. I was as average as it gets on my first year. And I still remember like this is kind of the defining moment where this came into play when I was in, uh, this was my first, so my second summer, I went back there, right? I did my first summer, I was average. I wanted to be better. I realized that I need to be better with people and I need to learn the sales thing because I realized that I'm... Although I was bright, I wasn't bright enough to do science or anything because I didn't pay attention. And I was never a guy who makes stuff with their hands. And I hated myself behind the computer. So I always, when I was in high school, I always thought that if I will be good at anything, it will be with people and it will be good with business. Then I went to sell books and I turned out that I was pretty average at selling books as well. So my second year, I went out to really change that. I was like, if I suck at this as well, there's a big statistical chance that I actually might you know, be average. And I still remember it was a middle of the summer day in Estonia. It's actually a national holiday. And everybody has a barbecue that day. It's like, like an Independence Day in the US. And I remember daydreaming, sitting in my car between the houses in Orlando, Florida, 100 degree heat. And I remember daydreaming about being in Estonia, having a barbecue. And looking at the mirror, I, I literally slapped myself like, like heavily. And I was like, Andrews, if you wanted to have a barbecue with your girlfriend in Estonia, like you could have. 
you put all this effort into get here and now you're dreaming out about not being here. So maybe that was the first where I slapped myself during that summer. I kid you not, probably a couple hundred times. And I think that was a kind of the turning point where I, maybe I can say that the first time I felt I actually paid attention a bit. And so I have the same thing still now. So when you go to the second part of your question now about leader and personal production, leadership, recruiting. So I, I kind of look at it the same way. Like I, I make a plan, I make a schedule. And I think one of my biggest strengths is that I, I try to be at work when I my schedule says to be at work. Everything that is going on with personal life, put it that on side and just focus on serving clients That because that needs to be done as well. So a couple of things that really helped me is the schedule. Like I talked about, I actually plan out, I even plan out my evenings, like when is kids more evening, when is wife's morning, evening. And then I have a to-do list. Whenever I have an idea in my brain that doesn't fit the plan, but I remember that I needed to do something, then I have a to-do list open in most of my, in every device that I have, and I can add it there and come back to it. So long story, but basically that's what it is. It's just sticking to the task at hand. One of the first things we teach to people is that everything that happens to you falls into three categories. Right, things you can control, things you can influence, and then there's a heck of a lot of things you have to accept. You only focus on the things you can control. You don't really worry about even the influence part, but you definitely shouldn't spend a single second worrying about what you can't control. I feel that you can control, really what you can control is your actions and your mindset around it. Like I guess my best analogy with this is that is on, on dirt bike track. When I go on a dirt bike track and I want to start focusing on I need to be the fastest or I need to have my best time or whatever, usually I'm not the best by far. Like I usually actually ride worse than I usually do because I start, I get too tight. I start focusing on the end result instead of the the track and me and the bike. I start pushing the bike to do things that it's not supposed to do. If I'm trying too much, I'm usually not the fastest. Now, if I'm going to the other extreme, if, I, if I'm not trying at all, if I'm not paying attention at all, then you definitely shouldn't be on a motocross track because you will hurt yourself. So the best place what I've noticed to be is the place where I'm focusing on doing the best I can in that situation and not really even worrying about what it will everybody else do, will do. Like you be your best and let the bike do whatever the bike needs to do. I can bring that same analogy to, to marriage, right? If I desperately try to make sure that my my wife is happy, I actually might make it worse. Now, if I also turn around and go, I don't give a crap, that definitely means trouble, right? So the perfect way I can look at it is I can try to be the best husband I can and she has to do her part. And hopefully this will be work out, right? Same thing with sales. If I drastically try to sell on a client, you lose your buying atmosphere. You start pushing the client to buy something and usually not good things will happen. Even if they buy, they end up canceling. But if I go in there and go, I don't care if they buy, then that's even worse. So the perfect sweet spot in the center is you focusing of you doing, not just doing the activity, but doing good activity, doing focused activity, the best activity you can on that problem. Practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. So I think that it, it, it is pretty relieving when you kind of really look at it closely and decide what is under your control and what is not. And when you decide that everything you can all like, um, I've, I've literally done this with coaching clients where we go put into columns, like which like this thing annoys me. Yes, my 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 mom is is sick right now. Right. 
what can can you do anything besides like well the only thing I can do is go and visit next like I can see I can go and visit right you put that in and then I put it either in a column of which column it is can I control it or not and if I can do anything about it then I'll put it in the schedule where will I do it right I put it in the plan but a heck of a lot of stuff when you just look at it like that's the things that we constantly worry about there's nothing to really do about it but the best you can you know the global warming really worries me but at the best what I can do is that I'll buy a bit less plastic bags, right? I will do my 0.0000001% of the problem. Um, and you can, of course you could, but I mean, it's like, but you also realize that you probably won't solve it on your own and definitely not today. So you might as well put it in the non-controllable category and focus what you can do today. So first thing is just kind of looking at what can you do. The, out of the things you can control, what is the what's the plan? Where can you focus? And then the last step is putting it into the schedule. Like I literally had, I had a coaching client uh, who's a pretty high end lawyer in in here in Estonia, and she came to a coaching call and was like, Andres, there's so much like this. I need to do this. I need to do that. There's these problems, these problems, and we literally spent the whole 45 minutes of a coaching call making a to do list deciding what's important and what is not and the things that were important we we scheduled out next two three weeks when she will do them and she literally ended the coaching call going we have a couple of other lawyers from that company in her team and she's like could you teach that to them as well so sometimes it's just i think a lot of things that you get from coaching is um is just is focus and somebody helping you to see the perspective and just helping you to build a plan that okay this is how i will tackle it one of my first mentors in time management was Estonian uh, man called Christian Otsman. He didn't call it a planning list. He called it, it's um, like this translate straight translation would be clearing your mind list. And basically he said, write down everything you need to do, like everything, even the ideas that you have, like even the random stuff that you're thinking 20 years from now. And like literally in the training, he had us make a full list. And then he was like, now prioritize what needs to happen this year. So, and I still do that. Like I literally, this gives me the the confidence and the calmness and the focus is because this allows me to calm down and go, I'm not forgetting anything. Like I, I just literally write down in my to-do list, everything, then I prioritize, then I put that. And then I, when I see the to-do list and I go, when, and then I look at my schedule and I'm put it in, well, I can do this part here. This part can wait. This part can happen there. So it's clearing your mind list, even not even more than just a planning list. Now, there is a caveat to that one. The only way will that work is if on the next day you are in the habit of looking at your to-do list, right? If you just write a list there and you never pay attention to it, then that list becomes a monster. That list becomes a problem on its own because you're like, holy crap, I don't know what's in there. And what am I forgetting that is in there? So you do have to work through that list, but you don't have to always do everything from there. You can reschedule them, you can replan them, but you need to have the control of that list. Yeah, it really is that simple. So what would you say to people listening right now who are trying to reach a goal and they are controlling their controllables, but they're using the uncontrollables to justify why they can't get something done or why something is impossible for them or their team? How do you break that mentality? Well, we like to say usually that in every single workshop that we do for salespeople or managers, we say that the top guys find a way, not an excuse, right? Finding a way anyway. Like this is, I think the biggest thing is learning new ways all the time. Being willing to try new things, I think, is the biggest thing. And, and there's so much good. This is a good time to test things. 
And even if you don't hit your goal, make sure that you build a foundation that you can hit goals next 12 or 13 years of economic growth that will be ahead of us. So, so it's, it's, I guess, uh, I mean, the mental side of it, you know, it, again, back to the controllables, what the heck can I do in here? Like if you have the attitude that this is the situation what I'm in, and then you go, what's the best thing that I can do about it? Like if you have the attitude first that I'm done, this doesn't work, I can't hit my goals, then you won't, right? Uh, either you think you can or you can't, either way, you're right. So that's, I think, the first. If you have that part, then the second part is seeing what can be done uh, and learning from others like in your own company. But I think one of the main reasons I love my job right now is because I can coach and work with people from different industries and different countries and different cultures, which allows me to see that, well, manufacturing does it this way. And then I'm I'm thinking often in my brain, I'm going, so could you do that in when you're selling law services, for example, or the lawyers do it this way? Why or or even like in US, right? Like US real estate does it this way. Estonians don't. Why the heck not? Like, is it a culture thing? Is it a law thing? And and like you and just kind of figuring out like that's what I feel is so exciting. So I guess if you have the attitude that there has to be a way, if there's if there's will, there's a way, right? Then you go, well, so what are the options? How many options there can be? There has to be something, right? And not everything. I have that with my clients sometimes. They go, Well, Andrews, this is too American. And I go, I know. And I don't think you need to take it one-on-one, like go and be an American in Estonian sales situation. But I also think that if you go, this is American, I don't need it, you will miss out because there are some things that you can definitely transfer over. Do we need to adjust it? For sure. But same thing with industry-wise. Like I have you know, uh, managers going, no, no, Andrews, you don't understand. This doesn't work in my industry. And I oftentimes I go, I know, but have you wondered why not? Like, could we play with this idea? I know nobody's doing it, but I mean, the lawyers are doing it successfully. Why can't we? Or this country is doing it successfully. Why can't we? Like, I love the Like, that's what's exciting about it. And that's actually fun. It's like a lot more fun than just making money or, you know, it's actually like creating something. So I don't know. That fires me up in that sense, figuring out the way, uh, how and what the learning from everybody else. Absolutely. So many people get frustrated. So many people get angry, but what they really need to do is get curious and look for the lesson. Do you have a tip or question that listeners can start asking themselves in order to start those curiosity wheels turning? When you're getting stressed and burned out, find a way to recharge. Like I used to start doing business because I really wanted to have money to buy a motorcycle. Now I ride motorcycles because it helps me do the business. Like um, finding a thing that calms you down and even a bit uh, having, you know, go running. I don't go running desperately because I need to be in shape. I go running because it calms me down. So that's one of the things. Um, But if you have that part, what are the others doing? Like maybe that's where would I go? What are the other industries doing? What are the other countries doing? Which industries are doing well? That's always how I've been able to, I'm not, definitely not the most innovative guy in the world, but I, what I am really good at is I see the guys who do it and I go, well, why can they and I can't? Because like I, this is how I sold books. I, my manager was really good at selling books. And I was like, well, he's not desperately better looking. Good look. Well, he was probably a bit better looking than I was. Um, and his English is a bit better, but not, not that much better. But he outsold me like... 30 times that summer, right? So I was like, well, I can't be 30 times worse looking or worse in English. Like something has to, something has to give, basically. There has to be something else. Excellent advice to close on. Andrus, thanks for taking the time. Thank you for having me. 
If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. And to stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and on Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. And thanks for listening.